0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles, and Konnichiwa from me, Sam. Konnichiwa? <laughs> Japanese? Yeah, that's a that's very different, mate. Right? Yeah. yeah, Do you well, know what? where the Olympics are it, at the moment? It's a bit of a shame you didn't use that one on the episode we had about Japanese cars. That yeah, been... but the Winter Olympics are there at the moment, aren't they? I
1: think are they not in Japan? Are they in or is Japan? It China? I think they're in China. Remember. I've done a Miles. Anyway, moving on. Oh, no, no, we're going to find <laughs> out where these Olympics are now.
0: If there's an opportunity, you're pointing out every single no, time. I, I think I'm you're right. right. I think it might be China, actually. Winter Olympics, Team GB. Oh, I just told you about the sports they're playing. I just want to know if it's in... This is a very car-oriented so... podcast, a starter. Um, it, it's actually quite bad. I don't know where it is. I was. No, it's in uh... Beijing. Ah, so yeah, it's not in Japan then. Oh, well. You could have gone for a, a Chinese start. Though. But I didn't. And here Man. we are.
1: So let's move on. Okay,
0: yeah. So today we're going to be covering off uh, the new Nissan Z car, which tragically, for me at least, I think Sam and I have different opinions on the car, but um, tragically it's not coming to the UK and I'm really gutted about it and I'm going to spend this entire podcast trying to convince Nissan to... He's not. Um, I am. He's got He's got a five to ten minute window mm. now
1: to do what he wants to do with it and then we're moving on to other things that people actually care about. Yeah, which is
0: going to be how to buy a car at auction and... Uh, We'll look, we'll look at the different auction platforms you can use. So we'll of course talk about eBay because that's the one a lot of people know. Um, then there'll be Mannheim and BCA, which are actual, the physical auctions that people sort of know traditionally you'd that get handed in the air. Um, there's a few in the US, but because I've never used them, I don't think we'll cover off, um, I don't think we'll cover off those. So unfortunately, yeah, if you are listening abroad, it's going to be a bit UK centric, although eBay's the same around the world. I bet you get the same quality of cars as well. Well, you might. All stuff that I would buy, yeah. <laughs> so the Nissan journey, it's, I mean, obviously they've had the Z cars for quite a long time, but I just want to go back to the origins of this chassis, if you like. So with looking at the Nissan 350Z when it was first released, which had a three and a half litre V6. That did, I think it was 2003 until 2009 uh, when it was replaced by the 370Z. And the three hundred and seventy Z managed to do uh, an eleven year stint in the UK, so carried on until twenty twenty. I think they, they they finally dropped it very start of twenty twenty one. So last year it was gone. Um, I I've, I liked both of those cars. Uh, the three hundred and fifty Z actually, when when uh, I was younger, was the car I remember driving on a few times, and I don't know, just really really liked it. It it offered something different something else other than your bmw uh german you know um mercedes and volkswagen group um setup of of coupes and wasn't really interested in the british uh, generalization of the whole
1: german country automotive scene there well yeah because i was just thinking about those
0: germans effectively is what you said there i'm just thinking about if you wanted to buy a sports uh coupe in 2007 in the uk what you have know, no idea why you're looking at me <laughs> there's a couple of japanese things you could buy 350z would have been one of them everything else um that we had here was essentially german there were obviously a few contenders around that and um you have know, the gt86 come on along until sort of 2012 but um this really sort of held a bit of a candle now it it was never the last word in dynamics, a little bit heavy, but I don't know, I liked the car and I I would have several times actually almost bought one and didn't. Um, a classic Miles, I should have bought one but didn't, there's yeah. about
1: eight podcasts on cars that you should have bought and didn't buy.
0: I think the 370Z was the one I was reading, really, because the 370Z had a slightly higher roof, so it was slightly shorter in the wheel, uh, not in the wheelbase, but bumper to bumper. But it had a slightly higher roof which I think would have helped me out because from the three i remember getting in 350 Zs and it was it was tight on the roof line i think if you're if you're a bit of a taller guy I don't think you have to be really tall but if you're a bit of a taller guy I think um you would have you know you'd have to sit in one just to make sure you've got a good bit of comfort and you can see it around okay um the the this new Z, is it is it going to be called a 400 Z time is it just called a Z I believe so it's I'm, to... I'm seeing no proof so of anything but yet yeah, the new Nissan Z. That's okay. what they're saying. Okay. So, yeah, and to be fair, um, it's just marked as seventh generation, with what a, what a lot of people are sort of saying is a reskinned 370Z, which I think is a little bit unfair. I think I mean it's got a it's got a, a more modern setup of an engine with turbochargers in it. Um, power, Sam, you, you've got some power figures on this one. Uh, twin turbo V six, four hundred horsepower. Did you say the size of the engine or not? Uh,
1: it uh, the three liter, I think. Okay. I read somewhere. Naught to sixty run. Four point five is a calculated figure. Okay, that's not, not too bad. It's not confirmed.
0: Um, and in fact, I think that's probably pretty much exactly what you'd want on this age. So interestingly, this car um, was advertised on the Super Bowl halftime show. You know how they people companies paying millions to to be there only car only car company to advertise a car that was not electric and to instead say okay we're going to advertise as a car that is still using combustion because we want to sell it um ultimately which i really liked i like nissan for that because they could have so easily just fallen in with the with the plug-in crowd um, the plug-in crowd. Oh, it was just
1: <laughs> I, I, the generalizations are sweeping through the podcast this week. I, know, I
0: understand why a lot of these companies did it, but they they basically paid a lot of celebrities a lot of money to, you know, make the electric cars that they sell seem more appealing, and they, they could at least do a mix, um, which I think well, Nissan did in their advert, I think they brought in a couple of their other their other models, but the actual concentration was on the on the Z car. I really like the look of it. I know Sam's got a different opinion. I think it looks like a yawning guppy child from the front. So ten out of ten from Sam there as you can hear. The back
1: the back's alright. I mean the back's quite nice. It's got that sort of sloping back that reminds me of like a almost like an Aston Martin Vanquish, potentially. Or something of that ilk or a Bentley Continental oh, an GT or something like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um I'm just I'm gutted they're not bringing it here. I know it's low volume for them, but we're having the GR86 from Toyota come over. Um, this I think was going to be price pointed about forty thousand dollars in the states. So let's just say forty. You got something 000. right for once. It Was forty thousand yeah. dollars. I know it's because there was a it was a media release about the price of this car. Or not a media release. There was a couple of journalists that said it's going to be thirty thousand dollars, and everyone was, including me. Very excited and I was like, It's gonna be thirty thousand dollars, they have to bring that to the UK. Like <laughs> as in I'm have to go and find the whoever the CEO is of Nissan now that the bloke that ran them hid himself in a violin box and flew himself to um This is a story that I don't know. Uh it was the Carl Carlos Gozon. goes on? Goes on. Right. He was the chairman of the, the group. So you had Nissan, Renault, um
1: And he just decided to post himself somewhere.
0: So he was arrested in Japan on, I think it was something like a a corruption charge. And he said, no, this is all rubbish, basically. And um, instead of hanging around to face trial, invited an orchestra to play at his house where he's under house arrest. Right. I think it was a cello box. (laughs) And they walked him out in this box and then put him onto a private jet and the private jet flew off interesting. And uh, I've just come
1: across a picture of it actually next to an old Nissan 300ZX. Oh yeah, which is one of my favorite old Japanese cars. So the, I back, never the back I think it's got um, They're quite similar. Just mm. reminded me of how good a car that was though. The 300ZX just to interrupt your uh, smuggling story.
0: Yes. The 300ZX actually thinking about it, that was uh, a twin turbo. Yeah, says so it on the back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um this one is I think did you say it was a twin turbo? Yeah. So they they are leaning into that, not so much the 350 and 370 generation, but yeah. actually the generation before that, the ZX generation. Yeah, which was a nice car. Maybe it'll look better when I actually see it. Well, not that I'm going to see it on the road unless I take a trip abroad somewhere. But We need to get Nissan to release that car over here. I, I, I'm really surprised with Nissan. I know it's emissions and I know everything else, but come on, you make it in right-hand drive because you make it in Japan. Just send over, you know, two or three thousand to the UK with a mile per hour on the speedo. That's all that's I mean okay, there's a couple of little differences they have to do apart from that. But it's not any great shakes for them to get this vehicle over to the UK. And yes, it would be low volume. But actually I think the market for this type of car would probably have its best moments now. Because there's a lot of people who would say, well, I'm not going to be able to buy another one. Um I know that this is the last time they're going to release something that is just uh, an engine car, you know, just an internal combustion engine. And it's got the right styling tweaks. I just, I, I'm a bit gutted it's not coming here. I, I genuinely thought it would. I know that there were initial announcements where it's going to go to the US, it's not going to come here. But come on, come on, Miss Ann. I'm sure you're listening. Um, oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but you've had 15 minutes on it now. So I'm going to cut you off. Okay, let's just do quickly dimensions of it. Because okay. we we did have a quick look at it compared to, because people have said it's a Reskin 370Z and the dimensions are very similar. So if in your head, you can think of what a 370Z size was, because one of the things that surprised a lot of people with the Supra was the size difference. Right. But actually, again, when you look at dimensions, the new Supra and the old Supra, there's not huge amounts in it. Um, and I think it's going to be the same here, whereas you look at it on your phone or on a computer and you say, oh, the new Z car looks a bit small or a bit dainty. Well, what have you got? Uh, we're going to do this in metric, just for anyone who who does it in inches, just because um, I could get the metric stuff easier and Sam managed to find it in metric. Right. So length of a 370 Z. Would you like it in millimetres or centimetres? You can do it in centimetres if you don't mind. Okay, so length, did you want? Length. Four metres, 24. Uh, so there's one centimetre. Difference so, in the length. So that's, that's the same between the new car and the three hundred and seventy Z. Uh, height, height of the car. One meter thirty two. half a centimeter difference. So the same. The same, yeah. Uh, width, one eighty five. Um, half a centimeter again. Okay. So it's the width. same. So yeah, yeah, it's so the same essentially car. it's the same. Um, just interesting. I don't suppose you've got a uh, weight. figure have you. I did. And because then I changed tabs. The 370 set, just a standard 370 set. No. I've got curb weight. Oh, yeah, go on. In kilos? Yep. Uh,
1: 1,466.
0: Really? That's what it says. So let me just get, I'm just going to check that the figure I've got for weight here on a 370 set is right, because if that's correct, there's been a huge weight saving, because the, the, the 370s I'm looking at are being tipping the scales at 1,800 kilos, so that would be nearly 300 kilos lighter let's just check yeah that's it that's a really but that will make a big difference to that car would you say 1466 Four hundred fourteen sixty six. so it's 200 350 kilos wow well that's it that's that's a sizable difference i don't know where they've managed to save that amount of weight i can only think that the the body has been Used a completely different set of materials to get that. Come on, bring it to the UK. Come on. Do it as a limited run if you have to. For two and a half, 5,000 cars, whatever. You need like a little tumbleweed to come across. <laughs> I for really This response to your request. I'm really gutted. Yeah, maybe I might have to. Maybe we'll have maybe to. send them an email, mate. I was going to say, we'll have to send yeah. them a strongly worded email saying, I can't believe you've given up on the UK. And they'll email you back and they'll say,
1: oh, would you like to buy one? Say, so we'll, we'll send one over to you. And you'll reply saying, well, no, I don't want to buy
0: one, but I'd like to see one. I wonder I I actually. I wonder what, if it was, was £40,000, and I'm not saying it would be because um, even though it's $40,000 and that would equate to uh, the exact translation around £35,000, we always seem to pay a little bit more um, than direct translations for the, for the US. But let's say it was £40,000. I wonder what the payments, if you were to do a lease. <laughs> Too much. I don't know. Stop it's dreaming. True. I don't know that it would be. Like Let's it. help people buy cars at a car auction. Yes. Okay. So, um, we'll cover... Up. So, first off, uh, we'll talk eBay, because Sam and I have both done... Well, Sam's...
1: I, I've, I have never bought anything no, of an automotive you... nature, apart from parts, off eBay. I've taken you to everything yes. under
0: the sun. Yeah. So, there's the the regular sort of consumer advice with, if it's distance buying, which eBay, the the trouble I think with eBay, the biggest issue is you've got no middle. um, So for example, I I do some freelance work for a classic car site and they act as a middleman. They actually are the middleman. So you would send your money to them on the purchase of a vehicle. You go to collect the vehicle. You check over the, the description that was given that is taken by someone like me. So I actually would go out look over the vehicle, write an honest description of how it how it drove, how it looked, if there's any rust, if there's any dents, if there's any dings, if it needs paintwork, if it, if it seemed to start um, with a little bit of hesitation, anything like that would be in our description. And then you get loads and loads of photos, over 100. So if at that point, when you arrive to see it, you had sent your money to the middleman, I won't go into the company just because <laughs> and it's and it's just a pile of aluminium sheets. Yeah, and, and if, you, <laughs> if in the meantime, you know, someone's been out to see it, and then the owner has decided, well, I'll get the nice wheels off, and you know, I'll, I'll, I've misrepresented this and this, and I'll, I've, but you know, the cooler, it's it's overheating because they just stuffed a load of rad weld in it whilst it was inspected. At that point, you can go and say, actually, no, and I want my money back. And the middle, you know, the middle company that then i do some work don't for. ebay offer like a cash on collection though is that not how you buy a
1: car i don't know i've never actually got involved with the actually buying of the cars because i'll tell you not to buy it and then i'll and still then have buy money it.
0: over yeah and then we'll get halfway home and you'll call me and be like oh this is terrible so the problem that with buying a car on ebay everything i've just described with having someone in the middle holding the cash so that this transaction can happen smoothly that doesn't exist on ebay and a lot of the time if someone has misrepresented a car you are kind of left to be the one to find that out and if you were to message ebay and say well you know um someone sold something on your platform that isn't represented and i know this because i've been through it for ebay motors they which is you know just the car sales aspect of it even though it's part of the ebay website they essentially have a completely hands-off approach as in if you bought a tv on ebay yeah and they said it's a 50 inch tv that's high definition and when you got it it was a box tv from 1999 um then ebay would raise your case if you've paid through paypal you can go through the steps to um, get a refund and everything else like that with cars they don't meddle they just they, that's their business decision. Um, if it comes to car parts and things like that, then there's a different. They take a completely different attitude. But actual physical vehicles, their attitude appears to be best to have a hands-off approach because it gets too technical too quickly. And I can appreciate. Well, it, it like does. That. Yeah, I noticed that
1: you uh, you went for the TV analogy and then quickly moved on very, very yeah. swiftly to avoid me telling a story you don't want to go on. on Sam, podcast. you can. I'm not sure. Do you really want it told? Yeah, it's fair enough. I, it was. <laughs> so your flatmate moved out and you had your spare bedroom available to you. Yes. Which you were going to turn into an office, but then I got you for your birthday, I got you um, some pedals and a steering wheel for your... Very kindly, for actually. Your Xbox.
0: I, I was very surprised. It was between you and because the other it was mate. because it was a nice present. Uh, I, we, have, we don't <laughs> we occasionally every five or six years, I would say, we'll get something half decent. We buy each other a decent present. For, Otherwise, we buy like giant rubber ducks. Yeah, and or, st- or just stuff of <laughs> mass inconvenience. Yes,
1: <laughs> um, but then you decided to move, in, move your Xbox into here. Because you've got like a seat set up, haven't you? Your, I've got the racing seat. Yeah.
0: So at the t- you bought me the, the steering wheel yeah. and, the, the, and I managed to then, and I bought it on eBay, Funny enough. yeah. I went on eBay and I thought, I wonder if I can buy one of the jigs, you know, this sort of thing where you've got a racing seat and the setup up to put pedals and a steering wheel on. So you can actually sit in a racing seat and you've got the steering wheel positioned and the, the, the pedals positioned exactly how you want them. So you had all that? Yeah, so I had that. And then the you corner. needed you needed a screen to... yes show
1: you the vital parts of playing the games. So you'd saved up I think you'd saved up some of your birthday money and stuff and I think so. As I don't know if it's come across before, Miles is quite a uh, thrifty gentleman, let's say. He doesn't like to part with any coins (laughs) of any value for anything. Or notes or anything. So, you know, you found a a fifty inch curved Samsung, didn't you? For for what we don't need to go into the price. I mean it's it wasn't loads, but it was it was it was was enough. Yeah. Yeah yeah. And you went to pick it up. You managed to get it in the back of the car. You well, I had checked yeah. when I was there. Yeah, you checked it worked. It, it and stuff. worked. And I and thought Great, had... I was only going to use it for the, the, the sim. Yeah. So and you this just, is you know, you had it all padded and stuff in the car so it didn't nothing happened on the way back. Stopped off to grab yourself some lunch from the garage, a sandwich, I believe. Yeah. Got home, got it out. It was in the box still? No, you took it out of the box to bring it upstairs, didn't you? Yeah. No, I I didn't. I had the box and the TV
0: separate. Yes, sorry, because you didn't pack it in the box, uh, because that would have been sensible. The small detail was when I went to the person's house to pick it up, um, obviously I'm quite tall, they lived in an old cottage, and when I walked in, I couldn't stand up straight in their home. And because I'd said, I want to see it working before I take it, just so it's fair to both of us that, you know, when I took it, it was working. And I know I took it working. The guy had left it sort of on his setup. So I've stood at the back of this, well, not stood. I've stooped to the point where my back is really starting to hurt at the back of the room. Watched it go on, agreed with him it works. And then he said, well, I've got to get the the bottom off of it now and unscrew that. And then I've got the box, don't worry. You're making
1: it sound like he had to do some major surgery. He had to to take the stand off the telly. and And because you were in pain, you said... No, it's all
0: right. I'll just take the box and I'll take the telly. So he was quite slow and he didn't know where his screwdriver was. And <laughs> because I went outside and I said, I'll go and get the car ready and I'll drop the back seats and all this sort of stuff. Well, I did that the slowest I possibly could. I was even checking under the the, the front seats just to see if there was any pennies or anything there, just just to waste time and came back in and he was in the exact same pro- bit of progress that he was before, which was looking for his... Okay, but... So, by so I way, decided to take that, the box that's when the chain reaction yeah. started. So I one... t- took the box separate to the TV and just put the TV on top of the box and put a yeah. pillow around so now, it.
1: So now we're back home, ground level in the car park. You've got a TV, your sandwich, a drink, and a box. And you've got to get up to the third floor. Third floor? Second yeah. floor? Yeah, so third floor. So in your infinite wisdom, you decided that well, I'll only make one trip. I'll get the TV and my sandwich and my drink, and I'll carry them up the stairs.
2: Yeah, and I you got, you got all the, the way to
1: the top there, didn't you? you? Got to the last flight of stairs, and then I might have. You might. I might embellish it slightly, so you might have to correct me. I believe you. It sort of slipped, or you were losing your grip. The sandwich slipped. The that's it. Yes, makes it even better. The sandwich, which could have cost. Anything in the region of a pound to a pound fifty. I think it was slipped three pounds. Three pounds. I went to Mars Expensive. Okay. Well, three pounds. Yeah. Compared to a couple of hundred pounds TV. It yes. slipped. <laughs> and Miles being miles thought, well I need to save my sandwich. So I gripped the sandwich harder and managed to grip the screen of the telly and cause what turned out to be two inch thick. Maybe an inch thick black line down the screen whenever you turn it on. Yeah, it's about on the three inches. Side. a
0: three-inch black. Uh, but basically sa- but I, the sandwich was okay. I, I after that, after hearing the click, you didn't want I, I, I dropped the sandwich on the floor in the hallway <laughs> and just thought, I'll just get the TV in because at that point, somehow being a bloke, I suppose in my mind, I thought once I put it in the office everything will be fine. It will be in in its home base. So whatever has <laughs> happened out here will just not count anymore. <laughs> and I I was quite happy at this point because I thought everything was fine. I put it up on the side and I was looking at the setup and I thought, this is a great setup. I'm very happy with this. Started eating my sandwich. Plugged it in, pressed on and was setting the TV up. And it was, you know, obviously you get the colours across the screen so you have to align everything up. And it was at that point that I realised why is there a... A black sort of section. Why is that a, not moving when everything yeah. else is moving? And the the <laughs> it's like fire has <laughs> dropped down your mouth, through your throat, <laughs> into your belly, and you just feel like you've collapsed through the floor. You know we laugh now, but
1: I mean, we have a fairly jovial friendship between us and our yeah. other friend. I mean, there's not a lot of serious conversation. There's a lot of ribbing that goes on, which I'm sure anybody that knows us will will uh, vouch for. I think that was the one thing where we had to actually take a morning period of two yes. or three weeks before we joked about yeah. it. Otherwise, I don't think the friendship group would still be intact. Yeah. I, I genuinely was so sad that day. <laughs> I went
0: to the gym with you that night. I don't remember ever seeing you look so downhearted. <laughs> it's just a television. It was the television. F- I got a great deal on the thing. And I was like, okay, I've got, I managed to get a good deal. I've managed to set up this racing thing for quite cheap. Because people have bought me bits of it. <laughs> because you didn't have to pay for most of it. Yes, yeah. and the only bit that I really had to sort of put any of my own money into was the TV, and I could have downstairs put it into the box,
1: or just carried it up without the sandwich. I know. Put the sandwich in your pocket. I know. <laughs> any anything but carry it on the corner of the screen. Anyway, I've taken up a bit. A We've got a time. long way from from the. <laughs> but from yeah. The anyway, so so. Just to get back to eBay. So obviously... So when you buy a you car... You wouldn't have been able to go back with that anyway. But if you'd got home, hadn't checked it, and... And it was broken. And it was broken, you'd have maybe you, some recourse. You can you open a back. case with yeah, eBay. But if you get... I mean, you wouldn't get home. But if you got halfway home and your car fell in half...
0: Yep. You don't have any recourse. Then you don't basically. have any... Not through eBay. Um And so what happens... What is increasingly happening is... People who, so, I mean, look, there are some genuine people just trying to sell a car on eBay because they think it's the best way to move a car. And because uh, other sites like Autotrader do charge a lot of money. They do. a list. Yeah, they do. Um, and eBay is quite a bit cheaper. But for you as a buyer, when you're looking, there's three things, the three of the critical things that I always ignore. And I would really implore <laughs> anyone to not ignore. And that is there you can make contact with these people. You know, you can use eBay messaging. I always send quite a nice message off on the first one, because having also sold a car on eBay, I know you get a lot of, give me your best price, what's the lowest you'll take, and all this sort of stuff, and you just don't want to answer them. And so to differentiate yourself, if you find a car that you're quite interested in, but it's being bid on, or there's a bike now that you think's a little bit high, or whatever it may be, don't approach it from sending a one line of, Wash your price on this, or just just anything where it's a one line. You know, just sort of say hi, um, seeing your car interested in it, wondering if you could tell me. And then if there's you know service history, this is a critical thing for you to know, especially uh, if you are a bit nervous on the price that someone's asking. You you need to understand what you're buying. Has it got no service history? Has it been recently serviced? Is it about to come up for a very large service now? There's a small story to this, which is the most recent purchase I had on eBay was a car. I think we talked about we did b- brief, very briefly. I think we
1: mentioned it before, we did. didn't we? Which was, I a, it was a Mini Cooper S. We can do a few minutes on it now.
0: Um, and it was a, a Checkmate edition. So it's quite rare. It has a limited slip diff from factory. And it's one of the very last of the supercharged generation to have been made. And I just happened to find one that was ending sort of two or three o'clock in the afternoon and you know i won the bid on it it was uh... that's that's the thing to mention is looking at the end times as well isn't it yes it is obviously
1: that's it could it could be up for a, a week i don't i don't really use ebay but from what i understand it could be up for like a week auction or or 10 days or whatever but it won't usually get a lot of interest until the last couple of hours yeah, and, and sometimes the last couple of minutes. So if you really want something, you need to look at when it's ending. And it's from what I understand, it's quite odd for things to end in the middle of the afternoon. People try and yeah. end them in the evening when people are not at work, effectively.
0: Yeah, and so the long story short, Sam will probably go into the story of the Mini a little bit, but the the critical point I want to point out to anyone that's thinking, oh, okay, well, that looks like it's not bad money and it's, it's exactly something that you want. That car was due... Uh, a very large that the minis have something in the service intervals where you have to do a very large service and it was due it in five thousand miles now I knew that it worked to my advantage because I set myself a hard limit as to what I was actually willing to pay for it because I knew that within the next few months it was going to need quite a lot of money spending on it for but once it has that big service and it 's done then you 've got quite you know, just you're just doing your regular oil changes and other bits of servicing and fixing anything that breaks but there is a big service coming up and if you are interested in a car and you think you know everything do double check anything that's coming for an auction this obviously could apply to anything but in auctions you can get carried away very easily especially with ebay because you're just clicking a button
1: well so there's a time limit i think that's why it works for people that may be trying to pedal stuff that's not as good Mm. not saying all cars on ebay are cons but if you're looking to pedal something that you want to, you know, but you just want someone to take, yep. you're you're auctioning something that's got a time limit. If it's, yep. it's the same with any auction. I mean it's eBay's probably a bit more finite because an auction for a car in an auction could go on for as long as you need it to. People just keep bidding. Yeah. And you sort of get your first time, second time, third time, your classic auction stuff. But on eBay, you've literally got a clock yep. that is counting down. And you've got to make a snap decision with three seconds to go someone's upped your bid by 200 pounds do you want to then pay an extra 300 pounds yes. to get it or do you not you've got three seconds to decide you click yes you click no if you click yes you get it you've bought it
0: yeah and it's yours and and now you're committed to come so i it. think
1: people need to be wary of that i mean i know that's probably why i haven't bought that sort of stuff it's no. more gambling i suppose in a way you well, can get yeah. addicted to that sort and of also
0: thing. yeah because you are taking a chance and it's you know big risk big reward yeah. sometimes but Um, just to go back because we'll we'll come on to that mini one in a minute because it is actually quite important that story for how it ends yes but just to highlight another one i was looking at a golf r32 and yes it was was while i was away wasn't it it was while you were away in portugal about it yes and it was fairly local to me and i messaged the guy on ebay and what i'd always say is if you're trying to get someone's phone number and you know you you do you are really serious again differentiate yourself from all the other people because the amount of people that will just send a send number question mark
1: yeah we well just, just
0: compose it as if you're
1: composing an email to a prospective job yeah just someone that, you know, that you're, professional yeah just the way you fre- start
0: a conversation with someone you've not met and if you're if you don't work in an office and you, you know you're not used to it just have a, the same decency you have with any stranger you know hi i'm interested in your vehicle i've seen it up I it looks like I'm not, so in this case, the R32 wasn't too far away from where I lived. And I messaged him, I said, it looks like you're not too far away from where I live. Um, wondering if I could come and see the car today, because it had only just come up for auction. And I know with an R32, you can get a good one, you can get a, a bad one, and you can get a very bad one. Yeah, and, well, it goes back to the thing we talked about before with the performance cars, is not it? With people, yes, like, unfortunately, the sort of people that buy them, but yeah, anyway. And again, this was a situation where the message I got back was very abrupt from the guy. It was sort of like, um, you know, don't bother coming along if you're, if you're just going to try and bid me. And I said, no, no. And, I, and my response at that point was, I'm sure you've had a lot of that. I've sold on eBay as well. I know you get it. No, I only live five miles away. Just wondering if I could come and nip and see it today because I'm out with my partner and, you know, I know I'll be passing by. His tone completely changed, and he said, "Oh, yeah, give us a ring and you know gave him a call, really nice guy, turned up to his house an hour later. He was out just giving it a quick wash because it was it was summer, so it was just a bit hazy, like a car gets a bit dusty and he it, He showed me how much he loved this car, yeah, and he wanted any prospective buyer to see it at its absolute best and it was a, it was a nice chat in the end, I didn't buy it because it it had been, he had bought it used at some point he had put the pictures on eBay when he bought it and he had spent a lot of money on mechanics for the vehicle but unfortunately it had but it needed a lot of money spending in other places the brakes for example the suspension was gone. Yeah, uh, but
1: that was all stuff that you counted into it. From what I remember, there was a really random issue where there was a particular heat spot on the bonnet. Yes. That we just couldn't work out how it was getting there. So it Sam... wasn't over anything. Well, obviously I only saw pictures because I wasn't in the country when you were
0: yeah. looking so at you it. You came but... back. I think you were coming back from holiday before the auction ended. And I was trying to send you better and better pictures. And yeah, because obviously... it was about a day before. I was literally going to land
1: in the morning yeah. and then drive to you. And then drive to the car, yes, straight from the airport. Yeah.
0: And the one thing that had caught me so, yeah, brakes are brakes, um, tyres are tyres, these things that you can look at, and I could sort of put in my head, I know I've got to spend this, but he had had other bits redone that were quite major jobs. So, I would, you know, I was on the fence because I was like, he spent quite a lot of money on this car, but from an aesthetic point of view, it does need a few, um, it needs some paint work to get it up to. Yeah, it's a 15 year old car, but yeah, I wanted yeah. to bring it up to a sort of standard. But one of the things that confused me was the bonnet had uh, it had been it, basically the paint had like cracked and it was white in areas. Yeah, and it, it looked, looked like it had been heated, as if someone had, had a magnifying glass. Yeah. And, and Sam and I both I sent them pictures to Sam that I took, and I said, "It looks to me like it's been an engine fire." Because it had that look of, but it's, it was just in one specific place, wasn't in it? Which very, is, that was the confusing part. because
1: yeah. it wasn't over a particular part of the engine yeah. that would necessarily emit such an intense point of heat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there was nothing I could find on forums to say that this was a known yeah. issue. Like if, I, if it was a wave across the bonnet, for example, you'd yeah, be like, okay, well, it's,
1: the engine's overheating somewhere. Yeah. that's what's causing it. Or the heat shield on the bonnet's gone. Yeah, or something. It was, it was like you said, like as if someone had got a magnifying glass and stood there for a few days. Yes.
0: Um, and so in the end, between us, I, I think in the end I said, I, I just don't know what's happened to that car. The yeah. guy that I spoke to seemed very honest and genuine. He loved the car. He had bought it like that. But the pictures that he put up were in a shaded area. And so if you had bought that car just by bidding and not seeing it, it would have been a surprise to you. yeah, Because it was a black car. And in a, in the shade, you you just couldn't tell. With all the reflections and stuff that were on there, obviously you polished it up. You could not tell that this uh, area and and as I say, it might have just been aesthetics. But without going to see it first, you may have bid your top uh, top of your budget yeah. for a car that now really is not the top of your budget, and that would have
1: yeah. Well, I think I think the main advice there is don't bid top of your budget if you're not going to get to see it before you buy it. Yeah,
0: and so what happened with the mini? Is that I won the bidding? You did. I uh, all looked good. To be fair, you'd spoken to the guy. I It, was, it the, was the one yeah. thing
1: you'd actually done properly, as in you'd messaged the guy. You'd spoken about it because it wasn't. It was towards the top end of what you wanted to spend, which albeit it wasn't a lot, but you know, it's a budget is a budget for a reason. You'd spoken to the chap. You'd got. You'd won it. Everything seemed okay. So I will stick up for you. Yeah. On that point, it's and, just, unfortunately it was another in the list of long escapades of utter drivel
0: this is the problem i bought so much to,
1: yeah. on ebay that... it's
0: difficult not to swear when you're talking yes. about you buying cars yes so i bought just so much so much bad that i, I kind of almost know every question and think because i've made the mistake already um just through the classic of oh i really really want this and it'll be fine yeah and and an advice i'd give to anyone if we're just sticking for ebay for a moment when you go to buy it, don't take, you know, anyone who can give you a lift, or your girlfriend, or your wife, or take a friend that you have that knows at least something about cars, even if they're not the most mechanically minded, or take a friend that is a pretty good character judge. Yeah. Because Or uh, both. Preferably both. One. So <laughs> get yourself a Sam. Get yourself a Sam. <laughs> so what I do is I, I there's very rare that I'll ever buy a car without you taking me, mainly yeah. because I haven't got a car to go to get yeah. the other car with. Um, but in this case, again, so I messaged Sam and I said, good news, we've got a 200-mile drive ahead of us. Yeah, and the thing, the thing that always
1: seems to be a theme with Miles is that he'll win a car, we'll always go north, and we'll always drive for at least two hours. That seems to be the... I don't know if yeah. you set it as a criteria. <laughs> this is my location. I want to go a long way
0: north... Oh, the, that's it the only, and then search <laughs> the only car I can think of that I bought south you weren't there which was when I bought Leon Cooper R and I drove it for three streets and the yep. gear, the fork in the gearbox blew which was a known issue on the Mark 1 Cooper R they had the same gearbox as the Audi TT Wheeler Dealers if you've ever seen that show they had an Audi TT in that had this exact problem where basically the fork splits in the gearbox and you're stuck in a gear that happened to me three streets away from where I bought it I had convinced myself, because Sam wasn't there and I'd made the classic mistake, I'd taken my partner with me and she had no idea, she was cold, she just wanted to get home. Well, at that point, you feel the pressure to say yes because you want to get home. And so the guy, quite decently of him, did come out. I, I messaged him, I said, look, something's wrong with this car. He came out and he said, look, I know it's probably just the gear linkage. And I was actually agreeing with him. I thought, yeah, it probably, because I so wanted this car. It's a nice car. Um I agree that it probably just and I've had a gear linkage fail on me. Do you remember I had the Focus st 170? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we were driving along, and all of a sudden I went, "Sam, I've got no gears." And it had the gear linkage had just failed. We when we, we towed it back to my house.
1: Yeah. We spent probably an hour or two hours looking around the car, trying to th- trying find some and was mass just, failure. It was literally just something we had to just clip back on.
0: Yeah. Which just, took us all of about fifteen seconds. Once we found it. Once we, we found upon. it. Um. And so, in my excitement, I agreed with him. And the guy said, Look, uh, obviously, you didn't buy it in this state, but I will pay for it to be recovered to wherever you want. And I agreed to that stupidly because I wanted the car so bad and had figured in my head, it's probably something Sam and I can fix for a tenner on the driveway. But a quick caveat to that was that you were stopped on a dead end of
1: the street, weren't you? That was <laughs> yes, blocked by like a, um, it's not a five bar gate, it's one of those sort of agricultural metal yeah barriers <laughs> and it was stuck in a gear and you'd edged it a little bit down the road and then this chap turned up to try and sort it in and
0: he edged it closer and yeah. closer and closer until, until he hit. crashed into the bottle yes. just <laughs> bending the the, yeah. the uh the bonnet which i couldn't tell because it was pitch black and i'd said to him it won't go into reverse which is why i'm so close to this bot this bar yeah. coming across the road in the first place and he went oh okay and just got in it and ignored everything i said and just lurched forwards and <laughs> oh um, mate you might, that'll buff out it'll be fine <laughs> yes so i was very stupid on that one but i was very excited to get that particular car it was one i'd been looking for for a while and didn't take all the buying advice now on the mini when we went to go and buy it we sam was very happy he got to drive 200 uh miles north and um, we got to the destination where Sam already had in his head a few things that he wanted to double check, whilst I had a look underneath. So I, I wanted to check a couple of things, on you know, yes, yeah, so you, you'd done like the detailed stuff, like the rust on the rear frame and the exhaust. Yeah. And all that so I just wanted stuff. to make sure that it, nothing there was out of the ordinary. And Sam was having a quick look on, over the engine and on the interior. So the interior was fine. Exterior looks were fine. Yeah. But, but... you were very, uh, you were you, Sam pointed out because he said oh, that car better be cold when we get there. Yeah, because
1: that, that's a, for me that's a red flag. If the car's hot, someone's driven it, all right, they might they might have it might be innocent. But if you've got a problem with a car, makes a noise while it's warming up, it over revs while it's warming up, it does anything until it's completely warm and run in, you're gonna warm it up before someone gets there. Yeah. Because then you don't have to be like, oh yeah, it does make this noise, but it disappears. Yeah. Then you're gonna lose a sale. And if you're that way inclined, then that it is what it is. So and the again, first red flag for me was the chap that was selling it wasn't there.
0: He wasn't there. He'd he'd gone somewhere and he'd given it to his friend. to go out for dinner. Gone out for dinner, yeah, for whatever reason. Um given it to his friend who said he knew absolutely nothing about the car. And we were he was happy for us to have a look around it. And we always take, I think we might mention this in another podcast, but yeah, we always like. take you can buy them from Amazon, they're about seven pounds for an inspection light. And it, it's like a wand. It's not very long, but Generally speaking, when you get out something like that and turn it very bright and start looking around, if it's a genuine seller, they will keep on a little chat with you and they might even sort of say, Oh, yeah, I, you know, you'll probably see this and that, and I've, but I've had it in, you know, or, or whatever it may be. What they won't do is go quite red in the face and go back inside and and go very quiet and claiming, Oh,
1: COVID. Yes. Which is what you said. I won't come too close because, you know, COVID. So, which, you know, is what it is. That, that's sensible, but it's an excuse they use. used. Yeah. But I mean, the, the biggest
0: red flag was when I put my hand on the bonnet and it was hot. That was the start of the red flags. because yes, the, there was a good many red flags. Yeah. Um. I was around the back of the car at the time, and I think you pulled the dipstick. Yes. Now, again, this is why when you're buying a car at auction, especially if it's something like eBay, you go along, you've bid, you've had this great excitement of winning the bid, you've turned up. The car is, as you saw it on the pictures... And it looks all okay. You can very easily forget to do some of the most basic checks when you've got someone with you who isn't so emotionally involved in the car, even if they or think... at all. No. <laughs> but, I mean, you thought it was a, quite a nice, a nice car. It's a nice car, yeah, but I... yeah, I, I wanted it to, to have a, as a... You know, I, I thought I'd buy it and I'd probably never sell it because those cars you can just keep forever and ever and just tinker with them, whatever else. And they're small enough that you can keep them, you know, Depending on what properties you live in, you can... Down it. the side gate. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but you were just smart enough with it to say, okay, do the basic checks. I was looking at other stuff. Pulled the dipstick. No oil. Uh, another reason not to warm
1: a car up before someone comes round is you're never going to get a true reading of the oil while the yeah. car's hot.
0: Yeah. Uh, so because it makes no rain.
1: sense to do that no, before because... someone turns up. So that, to me, is a massive red flag. Unless they've got a reason where they've met you somewhere... Yeah, or something like that that's fine but yeah. if you're going to their house yeah and they say oh yeah it's been what i've just taken it for a run well the but thing why you... why would you because i now can't check the oil i can't yeah. i can't take or the... well, not that you want to but i can't take the cap off the coolant yeah which you might want to just to look at it I and mean, you can usually
0: see through the some anyway, coolant but... caps uh, some coolant reservoirs are completely black plastic so yes, the only way to look at yeah yeah i had a bmw that had that you you had to get a torch and just, yeah. You know. By which it.
1: point, you you can't take that off unless you are willing to go to hospital with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but as I say, this is, so we'll put eBay to one side, but that's something, if you're going to buy on eBay, be sensible, set a budget, make sure that if you make contact, be polite and nice. And, you know, if, if you send someone a one line, don't expect to have much in the way of a response. And you'll generally separate, is it the wheat from the chaff? I think so somebody trying? might be able to correct us if but, we're wrong yeah by I one listener that yes but by the type of response you get because if you send a hi there interest in the car wondering if you know about this bit of service history or has it had the cam belt or has it had a particular aspect you know um, renewed that i know needs to be done on these cars and you get a response of hi there yeah you know, thank thanks for messaging me yes Uh, I've got a receipt for so-and-so. By all means, if you want to give me a quick call, here's my phone number. Then you know who you're dealing with is probably quite genuine. If you get a response of yes, then you know "Mm, either this person is being abrupt because they've got something to hide or they're having 100 messages sent to them and they're just... Yeah, exactly. So a second message, just try and build a little bit of relationship there because this is your opportunity to find out as much as you can from an owner. You will get people who are on eBay saying... And this is a classic of driveway dealers and people that have just made a mistake and bought something bad. Oh, I bought it three weeks ago and I bought it for my partner, brother, uncle. Dog. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And we found out it's too big. It's too small. It's just any reason that you think, no, you would know that before you bought it. There's a couple of genuine people where you'll find that's the case. But whenever you're in that situation, uh, pinch yourself, salt. Because yeah. The- but yeah, like you said, there will be people.
1: For example, with my car that I bought, I bought it because we were moving. I think we discussed this before. I bought it because we were moving and needed something cheap and reasonable. So I got the Astra. I've now got a job where my commuting's going to go up, go up to about 20 miles each way per day. I now need something a little bit more economical. Yep. I've owned the car for less than a year. I think it's less than six months. Yeah. So when someone, if I go to sell it, people, are, well, why are you selling it? But, but it will be a genuine. Oh, I can explain that story. But the problem is, you do have other people out there that are just looking to make a quick buck that say the same things. Yeah, and and unfortunately, that's just the culture that we now seem to live in.
0: Unfortunately. And the big difference you'll have is someone keeping a car for six months and then their circumstances changing is a lot more believable than. I bought it three weeks ago, and for I didn't life. realize what it was. Yeah, I I, I bought a BMW <laughs> X5, and I've just realized I live on a, a terraced street, and I can't park Yeah, it. and I've got I don't have a driveway. Yes, and and my wife actually she can only drive. Yeah, you know, it's a manual, and she can only drive autos. You, yeah, so you I had didn't all... realize this Audi A6 long wheelbase was <laughs> going to be too long. Yeah. So just again, it's it, it, you have a bigger opportunity on eBay than any other auction site to speak to the person who who if they're being honest can give you a lot more details. Now, moving on from there, you have the two major car auctions in the UK. Now, at this moment, as we put this podcast out, it's you're not. It's not possible for you to actually use them unless you're uh, unless you have most trader insurance and you're part of the trade. They did this at the start of the COVID restrictions. They've kept it for now. So it used to be, you could go along to the auctions, for example, Mannheim and BCA, it's British Car Auctions. And you could go along, and, and I used to do this when I was in the trade. Now, to un- so you understand the hierarchy of what's going to happen, you're going to arrive, you need to go up to the front desk and make them aware that you're there if you're not a most trader particularly. But they will give you a a number that you can bid with. They'll take your personal details, and they. I think they'll usually ask you for a deposit before you start bidding. Oh, okay. Because... If they've got 500 quid of your money and you bid on something and then run off, right, you're not okay. getting 500 yeah. quid back. Yeah, that's fair. It's different if you're a most trader. So most traders, they have their own hierarchy. Uh, when I went there, I worked for a very large dealer group and we had a, a special card, I'll just say. It was a particular colour. And when we arrived, we showed the card, We our, our numbers attached to the card and we're given free reign immediately because we buy so many cards from them you're just given a little bit uh, extra uh, preferential treatment. We also pay a lower fee because one of the things you have to remember, if you buy a car on eBay, that price is the price. If you buy a car at auction where you're attending it with motor traders, that price is the price plus the fee that you will pay on top. And you need to put that into your budgeting. Now, a couple of things you should be aware of from what information you can get about the cars. You can walk around, uh, them, I think a lot of them are generally unlocked so you can open the doors you can have a quick look at the interior you can't start them you can't drive them your only opportunity to hear the vehicle run will be when uh, the guys that work there um, the guys and girls that work there uh, go to drive it to the main thoroughfare for it to be bid on and there'll usually be a queue of 10 or so cars that are going through at any one time where they're running so if you have a quick look through the auction guide, see when it's coming up, go into the room, have a little feel of the room, see who's in there. If you see a lot of guys that are wearing um, sort of sports jacket type things, then you know, and and they've got very smart shoes and smart trousers on, there's a lot of dealers there and they're probably the preferential dealers and their bit buying fees are gonna be a lot less than yours. So at that point, you need to be aware they might be willing to bid higher than you because their total cost is less. It's going to be less than what it will be for you. And so you may have, especially if it's, for example, if it's something that's a bit sporty, a bit rare, um, that they know they can make a profit on. If it's something that has its risks, be careful not to go over and above, because when these auctions move, they move fast. So get a feel for the room. I would always suggest... Have a wander around, their big places, identify if you've got three or four cars in mind, have a look at all three or four of them. Look at where they are and then go straight into the room and see, just get a feel for who's there. If you see a lot of people that just like your average guys, maybe they've brought their kids or, you know, they're dressed in jeans, they may still be traders, but it's less likely that they're the dealers who are coming from the top end who are gonna have the lowest fees to buy. So, just get a feel for the room because particularly those dealers, they'll make things move fast and they are the classics of it's a chin nod. Yeah. So when I used to bid, I would stand with my general manager and between the two of us, we'd be putting a bid. And so that we didn't stand out, again, it was just a tactic because if you've got one guy who's bidding quite strongly on a lot of things, other people might just bid him up to yeah. make him spend more money. So my manager would be in, he'd sort of nod and This is an almost imperceptible movement sometimes. It's a nose moving half an inch. Yeah. But that, he's put his bid in. He would leave the room. I'd then stand around. There'd be a couple of things come in and I'd be a little bit more obvious. But once the auctioneer has has seen you bid, you don't need to be making great flailing movements with your arm. He knows you're in the bidding. If you remember the public though, and this is your first time at an auction, throw your arms up. Make sure you're not going to be missed. It doesn't matter if you embarrass yourself. You're there to buy a car. Don't worry about what other people Well, you're not think. going to see those people again.
1: You're going to buy no. that car. If you buy it, you're going to yeah. end up getting it, you're going to drive off. That's it, job done. You don't yeah. have to see these people again. Realistically, they just they're they're just there, like you said, just to do bulk
0: buying. So. Yeah, they are. And and for them, if for example, you're there because you really want to buy a I don't know, a um, I was gonna say a Mitsubishi, but I couldn't think of any recent Mitsubishi models that I want to mention. But a Volkswagen Golf. But you really want, it, it's not for you, it's for someone else, and they're really intent on buying a particular colour. Yeah. Let's say a green one. And there's one in this auction. Now, the other dealers, they're not going to, if there's 17 Golfs going through, they're not going to be too precious about the colours. They, they'll avoid stuff that is yeah hard to sell. Well, exactly, so the green.
1: Yes. Example.
0: Yeah, but if it is, you know, uh, a yeah. let's just say it's a green, that's what they want. If they see again that someone's interested in it, there's unfortunately a bit of a pack mentality. He's interested in it. Why is he interested in it? Maybe I should bid on it. Yeah. Particularly with some of the younger guys, because I would look around, and again, I work for a big group. If I saw three or four people talking about a particular car, I want to know why. Because I might be able to make some money on it. And maybe I've missed something that they haven't missed. Maybe it's got an optional extra. So don't make yourself too obvious. But have it in your head that all the other people in that room, they don't really care. If the green one goes, it goes. There's a black one after it. There's a silver one after that. So wait your turn, hang around, get a feel for the room, see who's in there. Now, when your car is about five or six from being run through, go out and you'll see it running. And all you can really ask of the people who are driving in is they can give it a little rev for you. They're not gonna sit there and rev the nuts off of it. They're not going to try and notch it into every gear for you. They are employed to move cars around. Be yeah. friendly to them. They'll be as friendly as they can back, but they're not employed as customer service to, to make sure that you make the best purchase. They're there to move a car. Don't get in their way. Don't annoy them. Just be honest, straight and say to them, Oh, interesting, mate. Can you just give it a quick rev and preferably have two people there. Have one of them stood around the back you stood near the yeah. engine and if you have a little listen does it sound normal have some around the back is there white smoke is there black smoke is there anything that would give you any indication if you're still intent on buying it and you see something wrong don't just do not get carried away yeah don't rush there's no need to rush there's there's so many cars out there just because this one looks good yeah. there might be another one of those you just might have to look a bit harder. and that's why i say if you can take a friend who is not so emotionally involved in this purchase because they will spot things I genuinely I've walked past and of the two of us I'm the one that worked in the most trade and should be able to spot more things than Sam but if I love a cut, if I'm turned up and I've already in my head can see myself driving at home Sam will spot 10 things more than I'll spot because I'll just walk straight past them in my rose tinted yeah. sunglasses and you'll be like should that be like that and it will make me think twice and yeah, the same for exactly. an auction if you're bidding and you put your hand up and now you're in and now that everything's moving, it's going fast and you can see some traders are in and there's a few people nodding and you put your hand up again, have someone with you who can say, just don't forget, we're not going above 7,000, for example. Yeah. So then when Puddy it gets... Limits. They, they, you know, Obviously, they don't want to say it loudly. So yeah. Maybe... <laughs> don't walk in and go, I'm going to spend <laughs> seven grand. Yes. But you just, there's a few subtle things like that. When you, let's say you win. Okay. Now you've won. You'll be, the lot number will be shouted out. If you've missed it, you should have it in your program. You go over to the front desk. So you come out the room, front desk, there'll be a few people working behind there. And just make sure you've got all your details to hand. These people deal with, they deal with a lot of people. Some of them of which are traders having a bad day. Yeah. And they're the ones that get the, well, why can't you find it? What? So if they're a bit abrupt with you, don't take it personally. Just make sure you've got everything to hand. And what you need is whatever number you were given to bid with, what lot you you won, and some form of payment ready to go, along with some proof of ID. And if you're in a queue, just make sure it's the hand. And that way, the person on the other side, if you then want to ask the question, oh, has he got all the paperwork? You know, because they'll have stuff behind. And again, this might be announced. It might say full service history. It might say partial. If you can see one's got a really thick stack and it said partial, then you know, oh, that's got quite a lot with it. And you can just check with them. Is that all for me? Now, if they're in a rush and you've been a bit abrupt with them, they're going to go, don't know, love. Yeah. If you've been nice and you've sort of had everything ready and you've given them a few seconds of breathing space between the customers, they're likely just to open it up and say, uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like. And then you've got a bit more information. Now, at this point, you pay your money. They'll tell you what your fee is on top. OK, if you're buying a car of quite a large amount, probably worth calling your bank beforehand to tell them I'm going to be spending 15 grand, 20 grand, 10 grand, 5 grand at a car auction. Because yeah. otherwise they might block your card if you've never, ever been once before. And all because unfortunately, there is a bit of a hot spot for fraud again. And the people working there need to be aware of it. So moving on, the next thing you need to do is go around to the back, you'll usually be given a location for where the car is. Again, you're gonna be speaking to people that are just asked to move around cars and they're not gonna be customer service friendly facing like you would at a car dealer. Don't expect it, I'm sure many of you won't. Once you've paid your money, you'll be given a receipt. You should be given at that point the V5. Now if the V5, or the, or the logbook, the registration document, however you wanna call it, if it's not available, you need to question why and you need to make sure that you're you've got a very clear invoice of the car the number plate everything else the fortunate thing you'll have is if something turns to be dodgy about this car at least you did buy it from an auction place and you can go back and say you saw me a stolen car yeah because they exactly, should yeah. be doing their due diligence on making sure it's not uh, a write-off or at least if it is it's um announced that it's a write-off yeah um that it's not stolen and that it doesn't have existing finance. Now, again, if you HPI a car that's going through the auction then and there, it may show existing finance. Okay. Because that's I'll give you the the other end of this is someone goes into a car dealer, they've got a three-year-old car, that they had on a lease, they're returning it, they're getting a brand new car. The car dealer, for whatever reason, he, he's stuffed with stock. He can't put it on the forecourt, so he has to send it to auction. you wouldn't usually happen. It would be a much older car yeah, or okay. off-brand. Um, it goes to auction. At that point, he hasn't the st- or the dealer hasn't settled the finance. Okay, so it would be settled when the car was sold. So yes. if
1: you were looking before, and
0: it can, wouldn't necessarily show up as clear. It wouldn't necessarily show as clear, and and don't panic at that point. Generally. Um, it it all happens very quickly but it sometimes can take a few days and again you can just mention it when you make the purchase is it uh, showing finance clear and someone should be able to give you that answer and if they say no you can just sort of say can you can you just write on it and put a signature or something saying it wasn't finance clear when I took it if you're nervous about that side of things but you have got some recourse to go back there and say I gave you the money it's not finance clear if two weeks down the line it's not but Again, it's one of those things. Be aware of it. Don't be too worried about it, because I think a lot of cars that um, a lot of cars I bought because we were having to buy stock that was, say, two years old, one year old, five years old. Almost all of it had existing finance showing on the market. And then it was usually settled within three days. And if we sold it quickly, we would sometimes have to contact the finance company because we were trying to finance the car and they won't finance a car that's got finance, <laughs> that's got on finance it. and you have to explain to them well, it, there was actually some scenarios where they were the ones that had finance outstanding on the car oh, okay. and we were trying to <laughs> refinance with them and so it was like look can you speak within your own departments to understand yeah. this is paid off and it, it resolves itself but it's, I, th- I think a lot
1: of people would be i mean i would be nervous going to a car auction so i think it's quite handy for people to be able to refer back to this and know what sort of steps you need to take what you need to have ready so you yeah because everybody would want to go in there with the air of i know what i'm doing of course it's like if i sent you to a builder's merchant now and said can you go and get me a ton of sharp sand um some cement and all the bits that i need to do this you go yeah. in there and you'd be like headless you're right, mate um i need to get some uh some sharp sand and some ballast like how much do you need um, oh you can tell me that a, an amount yeah right, right do you want it uh, loose or bagged uh, Um, I'm not sure yeah not saying you're stupid but no, no, because but... you don't
0: do it you wouldn't know that I wanted two ton loose ballast here yeah, and I wanted a ton of sharp in a bag yeah and again this is something if I'd been there five times with you and seen you do it you'd be a bit more confident yeah and or if, we... I, if you had a podcast to listen to first about ordering building materials for Miggins <laughs> so this is another thing I want to mention and it's a really good point you make Sam is that if you are interested in buying from an auction one of the big car auction sites try and go to one before the day you're going to buy just as a spectator as a spectator go along you can do that you know you register at that point and it gets you'll get some of the feel for the day and how it goes and it's like anything when you walk into a new building for the first time a new office when you start a new job or a, or a new construction site when you're starting a new job whatever it might be you don't know the place immediately, things sometimes get missed, and you, it's easier to make a mistake, and you feel like the odd one out. I can tell you, from being at auctions, there was at least three or four new people there every single time I went, yeah. and they all you could tell them, because they all looked nervous, don't be nervous, you're just with a bunch of guys who are trying to do a bit of business. They're not gonna scream and shout at you if you bid on a car they really wanted, you might get the odd pillock but you, there's you, always one isn't there yeah
1: but i think that if if somebody that's listening is looking to buy a car they don't want to go down the auto trade route they don't want to go down the dealer route they don't want to go down the ebay route they want to go to an auction for whatever reason i think you'd be more than happy if they were to drop us a message if, well, so, if somebody felt really nervous and they didn't have anybody to go to about it they've listened to this and they thought actually this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about he's been to a lot of auctions do feel free to drop a message on the Instagram, the Facebook, whatever contact via the website. If there's, you know, if there's, yeah, there's if a contact that, box on there, yeah. then Miles will be happy to 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 talk that through with you. Yeah, yeah. If you if you feel like you've not got anywhere else to go, I'm not saying you have to. Miles is the be all end all of auction knowledge. Absolutely. But not. he has got <laughs> he has got. I'm trying to sell you up here. Yeah. He has got some experience with doing that and years of doing it. So if you do feel nervous and you. And you do want some advice, even if it's not auctions. If it's just buying a car from a dealer or whatever, do feel free to drop us a message, and we will. We won't be able to give you the be-all and end-all of advice, but we can give you some reasonable.
0: Yeah. Advice it's, on what to do. I think one of the things that we're we're keen on is, I, I hear a lot of people say this now. They don't enjoy buying a car, and no. and and you said it, Sam, several times. I don't. I, no, I don't enjoy buying cars at all. Um, I, I still enjoy the process, but that's because I've I've stood on the other side of the desk. And so when I'm with someone who's buying or I'm buying, um, I'm comfortable in that scenario, even if it's negotiating or whatever else. Because again, I've been on the other side of the desk and I know that, that this is just how things go. I don't, you know, I've never, I never thought anything personally of someone who wanted a deal or who didn't want a deal. It's just business. It's just the way things go. And the same at the auction. Um, I've had people who were there for maybe their second or third time, just say to me, oh, oh, I thought, sorry, mate, could you just tell me, there's there's a car that's coming through and I haven't seen it. And straight away, I'll see it on the thing, and I'll be like, it's been pulled, mate. So someone has waited around for two hours for a vehicle that isn't going to go through the auction that day. That could be because its delivery was delayed, so it's not actually physically there. Right, okay. It's had a problem starting that they can't fix as in, it's not just a flat battery that needs a jump pack; yeah. it's something more catastrophic, or you know, and and someone you know. <laughs> I remember one young lad. I think he was waiting for a a very high mileage BMW, but right. he okay. uh, he was there with his dad. He was probably twenty years old or nineteen or whatever, and I think he came up to me because I didn't look too much older at the time. Yeah, and he sort of said, "Oh, I suppose you know when this one's coming through. It it was supposed to come through before this whatever it was Ford Focus." And it didn't take much to just look and I could see from the auction there's a screen up there at the time and I said to him it's not coming through mate it's had a problem and he was oh yeah he was gutted because he'd come to this auction for this one car Yeah. which if you can go to an auction and have two or three in mind I would advise that every time over sticking to one car but he'd been there for hours I'd been I'd been in and out of the auction hall because obviously again that same thing of I want to go and hear this one run or my managers just spotted one that we didn't know about we didn't know it was going to be there or we missed it when we looked through the catalogue so we've run over to another car to have a quick look at it before it comes to the auction we're desperately trying to find what we should be bidding on it to make it a fair amount and this this guy just been there and he'd been there and he'd been there and he'd been (laughs) waiting and so you know i didn't i mean i wasn't laughing at him or think he was stupid or anything like that you don't need to be nervous in these events and a lot of people will actually if you if you ask for help from a a trader and you say excuse me i'm i'm waiting for a green gulf to go through you know don't announce it to the whole floor but you know i'm waiting for a green gulf to go through it says it's number 71 on here could you just tell me what number we're on yeah. and he'll know and he might just say oh we're on number 64 mate you probably want to hang around because they're going through pretty quick at the minute sometimes if you've got very expensive cars going through, prior to the one you want, you've got quite a bit of time. Because A, the bidding has to go up much further. If a car's gonna go through for two grand, it's gonna get about four bids and it's gonna be gone. So yeah. 30 seconds and it's gone. If it's a Bentley that's gonna sell for 100, they might start the bidding at 60 to get a feel for the room and start moving up in increments of a 1,000 by the end of it and it could be there for 10 minutes. Yeah. So, so, and because also if you're spending that amount of money, people um and are. Ah a lot more Oh, do i really want to put another bid in and you'll see it go to you know first second and then someone will chuck a bid in a lot more than a 15 year old hatchback that is yeah. going to go for a couple <laughs> of thousand people aren't humming and Ring as much so um don't be nervous yeah if you if you do want to send just send some send a quick message in but again uh, i was getting to the point where when you're going to collect it so you'll be given a, a section to go to you're given the key um, if you're not given the key, some auctions work a little bit differently. They'll give you the paperwork. You need to find the key master or the, the guy wandering God, around. What a job. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible job. <laughs> I because am the key master. He, he, he basically has 100 Ford keys and he's got to work Sounds out. Sounds like
1: something you have to, a level you have to get
0: to on a quest game. Yes. Yeah. Find the key master. That's generally the smaller auctions outside of the big names that will do it like that. The big names are a bit more organised. But you'll have a key, it'll be out there somewhere, and it'll be in a compound and it would have been parked by the person who drove it through the auction and left there. The, this really isn't the time now for you to have a good look over it, as in check you can drive it home, make sure the tires are legal, but buyer's remor- remorse at this point is your problem. Right. You're, you've you've paid your money, and unless something is mm-hmm. cataclysmically wrong that has been not described in the sale, for you open the bonnet, the engine is, God. Cut in half. <laughs> uh, it's actually on fire yes. in the lot. <laughs> um, I didn't buy it like uh, this. Exactly, but you know, if you suddenly realise the tyres are worn unevenly and the brakes are shot at the back, well, or or it's got no handbrake. You know, the the handbrake is is just given yeah. up completely. Unfortunately, you've made your purchase now, and this is why I say, if you are going to go there, if you've got a seven thousand pound hard budget, you need to take out your buyer's fee, and then you need to take out some money to repair it and you know what if you don't get it at the lower thing at the lower budget just move on just move yeah just accept it unless it's something that's rare that you have been uh, waiting for for a long time that you you know you're willing to be more flexible on budget because i don't know you always wanted one of these for years and years and years and this is your opportunity whatever it may be but have that accepted in your mind i had one Picked it up and there was no, ha- like the electronic handbrake had failed, which I didn't know. Obviously, uh, there was a, a bit of a clue because I was like, well, it's been left in gear on a flat surface, but some auctioneers just leave it here. Press the button, nothing. Press it up, nothing. It's got no handbrake. So I called my manager straight away and I said to him, just say so you no." Know, uh, I can't remember if it was a Passat or something in the VW group, I think. Uh, it might have been an Audi, actually. And I said to him, um, this car's got no handbrake. And he knows, Money's paid, even though we are, you know, one of the cardholders for a a better account and stuff. He's not going to get anything from anyone. Yeah. So, we we took it, we drove it, and you'll drive up to the security guard. He'll want to see proof that you haven't just managed to get your hand on the key. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you've not just stolen a car from them. So again, just have the paperwork on the passenger seat, and just have everything there. And if he says I need to see your invoice, show him your invoice. If he says I need to see invoice and logbook, just. Have it ready to go, um, because the longer you hold him up, the longer the the, the shorter he's going to be with you. And you've got ten traders behind you who are all trying to load up a lorry on the outside, and the lorry driver's getting angsty with them. And that's where it becomes a bit of an intimidating environment because some people we've we've had it before where we were loading up a trailer because there was four cars we wanted and we couldn't get four people to drive them back. So there was a trailer waiting out the front for us. The driver's on you know he's only working until let's say 3 o'clock, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's going to go home. Yeah. If those cars aren't the back of his truck in the next hour, he's just driving off, and we've yeah. got no way of transporting the vehicles. And so we need to be quick in and out, quick in and out. And as much as I won't go shouting and screaming at people because I just accept life is life, we should all be a bit more, a bit nicer to each other. Other people don't take that um. No, they don't, that's true. <laughs> so that that sort of caps it off. If you have any more questions about buying a car, Um, As I said, at the moment, the auctions aren't running physically. Uh, The ones that are running physically, Oh, actually, there was one last one I want to cover off, which is the online auctions that are for, they're set up more for performance cars and classics and everything else like that. There's a few very well known ones, named ones that have backing from celebrities and stuff like that. I'll, I'll just give one piece of advice on them. Usually you'll get lots of pictures. This is a sort of thing I work with them. You'll get a lot of pictures. You'll get a pretty good description. Bear in mind, um, some of the online auction places, they are not middlemen. They work very similar to eBay. They will not really give you a lot of backing if something goes wrong. And so if you're buying from an online setup, um, check its reviews for us first but if you if you haven't heard of it before and even if you have heard of it and you know it's got a bit of endorsement from whoever make sure that you are able if possible to view the car and if you're not able to view the car there will usually be about 150 pictures on these online um, auction setups pay great attention to any of the smallest details because when you turn up to take it, you're taking it. Yeah. Um, so just just a, a small bit of advice, which is read read what's written, and if there isn't something that you're looking for, put a message in. It will go to the seller, and if you don't get a response, just forget about it. Don't think, oh, well, I'm sure he's just forgotten. They haven't. If you say, I don't know, um, what's uh, Sam? You think of anything that needs a, a big bill at any point? Uh, 5-litre supercharged engine in the Jaguar Land Rover group when it first came out in about 2012, uh, 2010, they had a a cam chain issue with the followers, I think it was, so they were recalled for it. Okay. If you're bidding on a Range Rover or any of the Jaguars at the time that had that engine and you put in a message say, has it been recalled, and you don't get a response, forget about it, because the seller knows and it, yeah. uh, there there could well be a reason why he's decided not to put it through a conventional auction where it will be running as it goes through the auction. Yeah. Because, okay. again, from those conventional auctions, you get a bit of a tuned ear for what sounds like it's running like an absolute bag of spanners. Yeah. Because some things are not clearly running like an absolute bag of spanners. Um, And something like that would just be making a little bit of a chain rattle noise. Yeah. And they know it. And they don't want. To. That's why they've gone for the nicer auction route, because they assume you won't notice some pickup, and the problem's going to happen three thousand miles down the road. Yeah, and you're gone then. That you're thing. gone. Well, it never, never happened to anyone. Yeah, had. you must have broke it. You must have driven it too fast, or whatever else. Yeah. So just, if you do your due diligence, do your research, and you ask a question through the platforms, and you don't get a response, don't hang on for it. From the people I have met that I've turned up to do an appraisal of their vehicle and do the pictures, all of them so far have been desperate to talk about their car. And if someone sent them a message, they would want to tell you all about it because they're gutted, they're selling it or they need the space or um, one chap was moving to London, he had a, a, a bike that he really liked and he was just gutted. And i could tell he was gutted it could be a case if they need the money as well yeah it could also be the case in the, and and they're, they're sending it but if you if a message came into them they would go far and beyond to give you every little detail i mean one chap that i went to go and see he was asking me to take pictures of the tiniest of details underneath the vehicle <laughs> and i was like look if someone wants to question that they'll send you a message and he was like yeah but i'd rather have the picture up and we ended up taking over 200 pictures and, you know, there was nothing to hide on that car. Um, similarly, I've had people that have been very open and honest and something has gone wrong with the car and it's just bad luck. You know, uh, they've they've been as open and honest as honest possible. They've provided all the history and all the bills and someone's picked it up. And, you know, a week down the road there has been a, a minor issue and sometimes you just have to accept these are mechanical objects. But... Um, yeah, I just wanted to add that in because I know online auctions that are not eBay that are yeah other companies. Oh, yeah, definitely bit. worth adding because I didn't really know about them. So. Yeah, there's the growing in popularity, but a lot of the time it's, you know, you've got Ferraris and things on there, but also yeah. stuff that's just now becoming a bit modern classic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not just talking about, you know, Sierra Cosworths, but things that are from the early 2000s that are probably sitting in that 10 to 15 grand mark that. You possibly been saving for a little while or you've got a bank loan or whatever the case may be for you and you think actually i didn't get to buy one when they were new i found it on a good site it's got great pictures i want to make a purchase well just take a step back for a second because unlike in the real world where you can have your friend sort of saying to you hold on a minute yeah you, you you can't really do that when you're online and once you bid they're going to have your money off you and the deal's done so don't hesitate just to send a a quick question in and the good ones will make sure that question gets to that seller in an instant and some of them actually have live on the bottom of the auction that you can just put a message in to seller and they'll come and you'll see the good sellers they'll be there every day you know usually after work they'll nip on and they'll answer everyone's questions and yeah it might be even that the question you wanted to ask has already been answered but it's just a little bit of advice on that one Sam, I think that I think that's yeah. covered up. I think it's it's quite a comprehensive one. Yeah, it's quite a long podcast. I yeah. Think, so, Although uh, But it's not it's not a problem. I, n- I I noticed that that some other um, automotive podcasts they're doing two or three hours. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're okay. Oh
1: yeah, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just know we usually try and keep it around an hour. I know we've gone over an hour, but yes. it, it to keep it an hour we've had to cut out half the information that we've given. Yes. So I don't think that would have been a good idea at all. No.
0: I think it was important this time that we tried to be you know, trying to give you as much as possible. I, I I might try and put an article up for this on the Mars Driven, but the trouble is it, it it's quite detailed and long. Yeah. And so it made more sense just to do talk, it as a podcast. Yeah, talk us through. And also someone may be listening to this right now on their way to their first ever auction. Yeah. Or re-listening and on if their you are, auction. Let us
1: know we'll feature you in this yes.
0: article. Yes. Um but you know you don't want to sit there and read ten thousand words or whatever it is on no. You no, you definitely. just want to listen on on the way you think, oh, okay. So I've just got to walk in and we could maybe do a bullet
1: point article. Things things you need. Yeah. What but to you, check, when to check. You know, we we could maybe do a shortened article. Yeah. If people want it. And know, so let us know, guys.
0: The the the, the key takeaways if you're going to a physical auction, make sure you've got identification with you. If you haven't got identification, you're not bidding on a car. End yeah. of. End end of. Like there's no they take absolutely no exceptions to that. And that included me, even though I was there under A dealer group. Yeah. If I didn't have ID to show who I was, they were they were not interested because they were like, well, you could have just nicked that card from anywhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I want it outside. Yeah,
0: I want your name, and I want to make sure your name's on the list of approved people to be here under that thing. So make sure you've got some ID. Don't think you can just turn up with a wad of cash either. (laughs) They they've got when I was doing it, it was sort of last days of people turning up with wads of cash. you're not going to be able to give your deposit in cash. And for a lot of the time, they're not going to take more than um, 500, 000, uh, 500 pounds or a thousand pounds. Yeah, 500 grand, that'd be right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you need to take a bank card with you. And on that bank card, it's probably worth just making a call, just because you don't want to be at the desk with a queue of 10 people behind you and your card getting declined because you've never been here before and you're trying to send 12,000 pounds through to a car auction place. Which happens because
1: we've yeah. been sat in some bloke's house in the Yorkshire Dales. Uh, no, the Peak District somewhere. We're yes, it happened to me. Waiting for an hour while yeah. your bank got back to you about authorising a payment, and it wasn't even for that
0: much. No, it wasn't. But so I... it does happen, and if... which I'm sure
1: everybody knows. But
0: and you know the banks, worth, sometimes, in mind, yeah, they can be a bit slow on it, yeah. and it means you'll be hanging around. And if you're waiting for, you know, if your mates waiting for you, and it's lunchtime, and it just adds a lot of stress. Yeah. To a situation that I understand. If you're doing this for the first time... It's stressful anyway. Yeah. So, And even if you're doing it for the 10th time, because there'll always be something a little bit different from before. There'll be a different auctioneer. He might be a bit quick. He might be a bit slow, whatever else. But go there, make sure you've got your ID, you, you've got your bank aware of it. Even if you don't make a purchase, at least they're aware. And you can tell them on the phone, I don't know if I'm going to buy something today, but if I do, it's going to be to so-and-so company because I'm going to be looking at buying a car. At least they've got that. Marker on there. Turn up, register yourself, walk in, have a look at a couple of auctions. If your car is the first one to go through, then blind. Make sure you've been to a few beforehand because that sometimes <laughs> happens. Your one of the cars has to be the first one that day, yeah, yeah. and if it just so happens to be the one you're interested in, and it's the first time you've ever been there, you could end up bidding two grand more than you your budget, yeah. and find out on the other side of it actually it doesn't it doesn't go into fourth gear. Yeah. So you know just be a little bit aware of things like that but yeah i think that's covered and, and on ebay try and take a, a yes. friendly mate with you who's willing to drive you hundreds of miles and tell you i don't mind if you don't buy it mate friendly slash a bit of a mug yes <laughs> the amount of times you have said to me i don't mind if we go home empty but every handed. time
1: you buy the car and yeah. every time it's broken
0: yes And
1: most my poor mother has had so many cars on her driveway over the years that are just there. Yeah. Oh, do you you want to use your driveway? Well, I'd love to, but some idiot has turned up. That's a friend of my son's, and just dumped a rust bucket.
0: Yeah. And he'll be underneath it in about three hours when he finishes work. Yeah. That was was the older thing. Yeah. Um, And now, now you've got a nice big driveway, Sam. Yes. These things will be.
1: Unfortunately, it's mine, so I don't have a higher. I do have a higher power to go to, to to veto anything.
0: Yeah, but unfortunately, she has, if she's but... not there, then yeah. <laughs> it's fair game. She knows where you live, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We shall catch you in the next one. We're doing a, uh, I think it's going to be, I think our next one is our triple header, which is all about Formula One. So it's last season, a quick recap, um, how the season sort of ended and championship and things like that. And then... What which we... is just to, in case it puts people off, it's not going to be a massive
1: whinge fest. Oh, absolutely. About not the not. final race we will cover that ever so slightly very quickly as
0: part of as just part of what the general led to conversation. it yeah and everything but, else uh, and then the, the last one the three is going to be us looking at next season the new cars some yeah. of the new drivers that are coming in um so look out for that one i hope you've enjoyed this one have a great day we'll catch you uh catch, well in a few days when the next one comes out yeah take it easy